Hello and welcome back to the Grazia Life Advice Podcast. I hope you're having a really good week. In today's episode, we hear some great advice from an award-winning British designer. Hi, my name is Anya Heimach. I am a designer, designer in fashion, uh, a mother, a woman in business, the many different roles that we all lead. And I'm thrilled to be this week's guest on the Grazia Life Advice Podcast. Anya chats about treating imposter syndrome as a tool to make you better, rather than something that weighs you down. Imposter syndrome, or doubt, if you like, is something that makes you good. You know, it actually makes you Mm. kind of not rest on your laurels. It makes you sort of raise your game. It makes you question yourself before you speak. She talks about breaking through creative walls and sustainability in fashion. Fashion should be about making you feel good. And for me, humour is a really important element of that. And Anya talks to us about being a stepmother and the powerful opportunities of blended families. It's such a, it's such a, a lovely, complicated, but kind of wonderful journey, actually, um, yeah. um, having stepchildren. And, and I think that it's becoming so normal that actually everyone's really sort of learning to, to really love it. Like, it certainly mm. gives me so much pleasure. All that and more is coming up in this chat. And we also find out Anya Hindmarsh's secret to inner peace in a labelling machine. Anya, thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. I've been a big fan of your work for a number of years and lucky enough to come to some of your shows in my role as a magazine editor. So I'm really excited about talking to you today. How are you? I'm well, thank you very much. It's so nice to so nice to chat. I can't see you because my camera is not working, but it's incredibly nice to to, uh, to, to chat to you. And, and we're here to talk about something that's maybe a little bit different to what you're normally asked about, which is... Um, which is really like your wide ranging life advice. And you've had an, a, an incredible career. And also, as you identified yourself, um, your mother and parenting has also been super important to you in your life. So I'm really excited to get into all of that and um, interested very much in the first piece of advice that you sent me, which is that things come of things. Could you tell me a bit about what you mean by this? Well, I, I think it's really important to do things. And I've always found that uh, the more you do, the luckier you get in, in many ways. And I remember mm. um, someone once saying to me that actually, um, you know, if you look at a life event that's been, a, has had a good outcome, so maybe, you know, something good happened or some amazing project or collaboration, or whatever it might be, um, if you actually trace the steps backwards from that and the things that led up to that, that actually you trace back to the fact that if you hadn't gone to that, dinner that you didn't want to go to because you were too tired on a Monday night, that you might not have met that person that suggested that thing that gave you that idea um, that, you know, led to meeting that person that actually helped that collaboration, etc. So it's sort of like a snakes and ladders um, idea that actually, you know, if you if you do things, it leads to things and you've you've no idea of the outcome of that one small thing. So um, I always think if in doubt, do things because things do come of things. So that's one of my my mottos. I think that's so true. And just sort of saying yes to things as you said like the dinner that you're not looking forward to and it's always those things where yeah you have that that kind of amazing connection with someone or you you know get talking you exchange numbers and then it might not be straight away but maybe in like a few months or even years you're you're kind of thinking of them and and getting back in touch and it's leading to something I love it when that happens no, it's it's so true, and I think that you know it is. Um, it's quite. But I always talk to my kids. I'm like, you know, it, even if you're you know starting out at university and you don't feel like it, but just go to that thing because actually it often leads to something uh, and mostly yeah. good. Actually, so it, it sort of takes energy and it takes courage sometimes, but it is. Um, yeah. It does make you luckier. That's my always be yeah. my view. And I guess in the same vein, just the sort of idea of being 
kind and being nice to people because you never know when that is going to come back to you as well. I mean, it's for me, that's just totally a given. I mean, I just think if you put bad vibes out there, absolutely it always comes back to you. And I think likewise, if you're nice to someone, even, you know, uh, always hopefully it's nothing nothing that you expect back. But it's amazing if you, you know, it's it's the favour bank. They, they always say, don't mm. they, that, you know, you sort of, you pay and you pay in um, and you expect nothing back. But actually one day if you do need it, it pays out. And I'm such a believer in that actually. And the, the times where, you know, you suddenly get in a bit of a fix and you ring up that person um, to say, help me. But actually they remember that you really helped them or you were kind to them them mm. or you introduce them to someone, whatever it might be. So I'm a huge believer in the favour bank. It's very important. Totally. I've started being extra nice and helpful to all of the Gen Z colleagues at work. So all of the early 20-somethings, <laughs> because I know that they're going to be the ones giving me jobs in like 10 years time. <laughs> so, but then you're doing it because you're expecting something. The way it works true. is if no. you do it out of the kindness of your heart. You see? <laughs> very true. Very true. No, no. I'm not that cynical. Um, and your second piece of advice, Anya, is to put your your own oxygen mask on first and I'm um, expecting that this isn't quite as literal as as it might sound tell me more well I think you know as as um, I think women have very complicated roles you know so often the the a lot of the sort of family life tends to fall to them less and less actually but I think certainly um, at my age I'm 53 and and I always talk about um, the transition generation, which is the the generation where you you kind of are working as hard as your your father did, and um, and uh, and often have the memory perhaps of a mother that wasn't you know because in those days certainly my mother wasn't working as hard as my father. So you're trying mm-hmm. to live up to the sort of role your mother played, and yet you're actually working as hard as your dad did. And I think it's it's quite hard actually. And so for that generation, that transition generation, that even for for anyone trying to juggle work and kids and a career and all the stuff that we have thrown at us, you actually need to make sure that you look after yourself and don't, mm. um, and you prioritize that to a certain extent, because so often if you're happy and upbeat and feel good and on top of what you're doing, that really filters through the family, it filters through your your business life and your, your career, and is actually important for your health. So I think often we feel guilty um, to actually take that time out to go and have a nice walk or go to that yoga class or meet that friend because that's what you you need to do and have a nice chat and kind of feel better for it and actually I think it's actually I would argue um, short-sighted not to um, so um, I think we need to start by making sure that we look after ourselves at least as, as well as we would someone else. Yeah and I was going to ask actually what some of those things could be you mentioned yoga class and walking and seeing your friends and is there anything else that for you feels like those moments of taking care of yourself first well you know it, it can be everything from you know just having a really nice glass of wine frankly you know or or actually mm. the exercise <laughs> or taking time to go and you know sort out your outfit so that you can get up in the morning and quickly and not have to sort of faff it's all those things that just make you kind of life easier and in turn that makes you feel better and more like you're coping mm. I think that feeling of not coping is really wearing and really hard and it tends to bleed into the mood of yeah. the family and uh, and into into your your role at work and so on so I think it's not short-sighted oh, and it's totally. not selfish I think it's really important yeah and it's so funny how quickly you can sort of lose that grip of control like I don't know about you but there's times in the week when you know I've got a young kid and you just feel like the house has got out of control or your desk isn't tidy and then it just makes you feel like your mind isn't tidy and and then suddenly like your grip on everything starts to sort of crumble and then to just have that one thing you can do that can kind of bring you back and send to yourself. I think, I mean, I think it's so important. And I mean, I think that is the norm for so many, you know, especially working women where you are, 
really mm. juggling so much and it's it's just incredibly hard honestly so um I, i'm it's funny i mean i, I have a, a bit of a labeling habit you know I, I like to have everything very organized i think that i love being so organized i have everything labeled just because when i feel out of control it makes me feel in control <laughs> just i mean it's i mean it's also an incredibly efficient way of yes, running your life I love, this is what i need <laughs> uh, a labeling machine what kind of thing do you label everything so i have i mean my best ever present was a labeling machine from my brother even things that it's like obvious what it is. Even, I mean, we actually had a joke dinner once where we actually labelled fork, knife, um, you know, spoon, because it is sort of my <laughs> passion. But in fact, we, we um, I started a, a, a part of the collection, actually, which is called the labelled collection, which is everything that, you know, it's pencils and then it sort of says makeup and, you know, brushes. So it's just everything has a, a place um, and everything in its place. And that somehow just makes me feel very organised and makes so me feel a better pleasing. person. <laughs> mm creatively you shared some advice your third piece of advice um about what you do when you hit a brick wall and you say that you find a way over it around it or through it which makes me think of that brilliant children's book we're going on a bear hunt <laughs> which i can recite by by heart i think <laughs> um <laughs> yes well i mean i think it's um you know it's it's so often the case that you hit um what i call the creative dip um, you know, mm. you start out with an idea and this not necessarily just in a kind of creative world. It might be at home or, you know, with kids or in any part of anyone's life. But you start off with an idea, you love it. And then you dig into it and it gets a bit harder because perhaps it's a budget issue or perhaps it's kind of not working mm. or perhaps it's, you know, not possible. And, and you sort of push into it, you keep going and, and you get to the point where you think, actually, I hate the idea. And then you get to the, the lowest part of the dip where you actually, you even hate yourself. <laughs> and then slowly mm. you kind of work through that and then you kind of go, maybe it's not so bad. And actually, maybe I try something else and perhaps it'll work like that. And then you sort of get to the new finally kind of, you know, launch it and you're like, actually, I love it. And that creative dip is very, very hard. And I think you know, I was talking about you have to sort of find your way literally through it, round it or over it. And, um, mm. you know, through it can hurt, <laughs> frankly. Um, so it's um, but it is it is really part of of, um, you know, of, of achieving things in, in many ways, I think, especially creatively um, and yeah. certainly in, in running a business. There's a lot of a lot of through it in running a business. Yeah. And how does collaboration work in those sort of instances? Because I feel like as, you know, the designer you must sometimes feel like you're carrying a lot of the burden of those decisions. And do you have people that you you draw on, that you share things with, that help you find those ways through, round, over it? Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, I'm, I'm. Well, I listen. For years, I worked on my own, and that was very hard actually, because you've no one really to sort of, you know, to to mm. sort of just riff with and sort of like, what do you think? And how about this? And no, how about that? Um, now I have a great team, and we we've all worked together for m you know many many years. Um, sometimes sort of twenty years. So we're we're like this sort of well-oiled sort of family of you know, and and very much we always laugh. In fact, when we get to the end of a project, we go, that was great, but whose idea was that? Like, was it mine? You no, know, it was yours. No, actually, was it mine? And we all have a laugh about <laughs> actually who, who really. But the truth is, it, it's sort of someone has a bit of a germ of an idea and someone then runs with that and then someone hands that over and then actually someone pulls it apart and makes it better and it's completely collaborative yeah. and I think creativity is often best that way you know because you get lots of different heads on it yeah we'll be right back with Anya after this short break and we're back with Anya Hindmarsh who is sharing her amazing business and life advice with us and you spoke there about your business and your your team being a bit like a family. Um, your own family is quite interesting as well. You are a parent and a step-parent. And your advice, your fourth piece of advice is to remember that if you criticise a child's parent, you're criticising half of the child. And presumably that's something that you've really learned from being a, a step-parent. Is, is that right? 
Yes, well, I mean, I'm I'm lucky enough. To, I have five children. But I'm lucky enough to have inherited um, three bereaved children. Actually, they lost their mum when they were very little. I met them when they were one, three, and four, so they'd lost their mum just six months before that. So, not that I would ever want to to criticise her, but it's quite interesting. I've become quite sort of sensitive to to um, you know steps and, and modern families and mixed families and all the different sort of lovely variations we have mm. these days, which can work really successfully actually. And I, I, I think and hope that that mine does actually. Um, but um, it's quite interesting how people. I think I've often seen people forget that if they say something negative about you know perhaps in a divorce situation, that's more than a brief situation, but in any situation about mm. the you know that they're one of their parents, actually you are saying something negative about half of them. And it's mm. quite easy to forget that, but it's quite wounding for a child. And so it's something that just really struck me that it's so important to to be really aware of that. Um, so, um, but it's such a it's such a, a lovely, complicated but kind of wonderful journey actually. Um, yeah. Um, having stepchildren, and and I well, think that it's becoming so normal that actually everyone's really sort of um, learning to to really love it. Like it certainly mm. gives me so much pleasure. Would you have any other advice for anyone listening who's recently becoming a, a step parent? Honestly, communication is just the most important thing. I think total honesty and just be vulnerable with children as well and, and mm. say, look, I, I got that really wrong and I'm so sorry. And you know, but some people, actually, if you just love them, it's, it's quite simple. Just love them to bits and be honest. And um, sometimes also just, you know, think before you speak and actually just sort of hold back. Just, you know, keep keep the mood fun and nice and kind and honest. It's not rocket science. It really isn't. Um, yeah. and, and yet it can be quite complicated at times too. There's lots of emotion and feelings and we bring all the stuff that we all had with our own upbringing and it's, you know, it's, it's complicated stuff, families, but actually ultimately if you can just love them to bits and be kind uh, and be really honest, um, mm. I think it tends to work as well as it can. Yeah. And do you find that um, your family is becoming more and more the quote unquote norm in terms of this idea of a nuclear family you know I, I kind of really relate because I have a family with my wife and we have a daughter together and so we're like a queer family and we have a big extended family as well and so mm. I'm very much of the belief that the whole um, notion of family is changing and I think it's really interesting and fantastic actually and I, I wondered if if you felt the same. 100% and what's so exciting I think about different families is the more there are of them, the, the less abnormal it seems. And and ultimately, I just think it's, you know, children need to be loved. I think they need to know where they've come from. I think that's also an important thing. I think, you know, it's a, your your heritage, you know, have you got someone's nose or is also important to children as well. And it's trying to navigate that as a as a as a, as a parent um, of, of, you know, children that you've either adopted or or bringing up from that belong to someone else. You know, I found is, is it's, mm. it's incredibly important to children that as it is to me. I mean, I, I you know, I care about where I come from, too. It's sort of part of understanding who you are. Um, but I think it, it is becoming more normal. And I think um, people are, are so open about it now and and ultimately you know to be loved is such a special thing isn't it to be part of a happy loving family is really what gives you and children what what they need which is which is confidence you know to go out into the world and to to do the best they can that's that's the foundation they need um so I think yeah you're right it's becoming so much more normal I think that's that's fantastic yeah your fifth piece of advice is about taking care we've talked about taking care of ourselves taking care of families and big blended families and this piece of advice is about taking care of the planet and sustainability Sustainability is obviously something that's super important to you and your business. Um, tell me about that. Well, I'm quite frightened, isn't that? Um, you know, I think we all are really. It's it's hard to 
you know, we all see these terrible weather changes of, of floods and heat waves and fires and becoming more and more normal. Um, and I think, you know, if you watch much of COP, but all the, the people standing outside mm-hmm. with those signs from tiny low lying islands and, you know, it's so serious. Um, and so it's, but it's hard to know what to do is it's hard to know what to do as individuals, how to sort of make those changes. And so I think it's really about applying common sense, actually. I think we really need to urgently apply common sense to the way we behave and that is you know about buying your food mm. more locally about you know reusing things you know just not not putting things into landfill it's sort of obvious how can we you know keep things that might have gone into landfill and reuse them again and, and upcycle and repurpose and just applying mm. common sense to life but it's really incumbent upon us now to do this all really damn quickly um because it's going to yeah. get very uncomfortable and i mean if you talk a lot of the projects we've done from you know i am not a plastic bag to i am a plastic bag to Return to Nature, which is a project which is about trying to make a bag that could never end up in landfill because it would biodegrade like a natural apple would when it fell from a tree, mm. you know, and, and nourish the soil again. And and just trying to all think about how we can we can change the way we behave because, you know, talking to a lot of academics and the research in these projects, it's really frightening. Like it's like too mm. late, <laughs> you know. This it's is, almost this like is the more you learn, the <laughs> the worse it it's, gets in some It's respects. actually, it's quite terrifying. And I think it is, you know, if we literally in the next, you know, few years make some dramatic changes with the following wind and quite a bit of luck and some some wonderful technological advancement will you know we might sort of push through but it's really it's it's now um mm. so i think that we need to put that all firmly on our agendas and it, it has to um, be any you know really big part of it, the way we, we live and think yeah absolutely your sixth piece of advice is about imposter syndrome and you say remember that everyone feels exactly the same even if they pretend they don't do you have any personal experiences of imposter syndrome is it something you still experience or have you found a way around it every day imposter syndrome or doubt if you like is something that makes you good you know it actually makes you Mm. kind of not rest on your laurels. It makes you sort of raise your game. It makes you question yourself before you speak. And I really learned to now try and reframe imposter syndrome as something that's actually really helpful. It's that sort of gremlin that sits on your shoulder to kind of, you know, just keep you in check. And I think everyone struggles mm-hmm. with it and everyone struggles with thinking that no one else struggles with it. So, you know, I'm, I'm here loudly saying <laughs> that it is totally normal. And I, I think it's the same for anyone I've ever met, you know, whether they're the prime minister or you know, I'm sure the Queen of England, it is so completely normal. It's really important that we share that very honestly, actually. I wonder if the Queen does experience imposter syndrome. That's so... I've never considered <laughs> she that. Must do. She must Can you do. Imagine? Well, sure, when she's sitting with some massive sort of, you know, scientific, academic, you know, guru, Maybe. she must. So everyone does. Of course they do. Yeah. Everyone does. Uh, although she's pretty brilliant. How, how could she? I, I do agree. But it, yeah. it, is, um, it is very normal. And I think yeah. so many people worry that it's just them and it's not. I think it's very important that we all, we all say that loudly. Mm. I feel like I've noticed a lot in the fashion world that it's very prevalent because it seems from dipping in and out of doing fashion weeks and stuff myself, there's this sense that everybody else is really cool and has it down and is wearing the right thing and perhaps you don't. And um, I personally just had to completely get over that because it was just <laughs> crippling otherwise and just think everybody here is riddled with the same anxiety about exactly the same thing and is worrying that they're wearing the wrong thing or you know well exactly but don't you think also the coolest people are the people that don't care the, <laughs> people, exactly. they're the people that I so admire and bear in mind also that I, I think that the only thing that um is worth striving for is is feeling 
confident and good, and good enough about yourself. That's sort yeah. of, that that's really the only thing because actually it's also the people who are confident look great even if they're not wearing something cool because actually mm-hmm. they just they're very comfortable in their own skin they just wear it you know they're the best version of themselves that day and they hold themselves up yeah. high and straight and look you in the eye and that's what's Absolutely. cool more than any I've seen a whole lot of people that actually don't look very cool in the coolest outfit because they're not quite sort of owning it you know so it's such it's mm. such a sort of it's such a, a, a mixed um confused message I think in many ways the people I most admire are those people that don't care <laughs> Absolutely. It's and Nirvana, that actually brings us on to your um <laughs> yeah, this brings us onto your um piece of bad advice, your final piece of bad advice. And the bad advice that you've shared with us is to try and be like everyone else or to try and be as good as as everyone else. Um when did you realize that you would be better off not being like anyone else? Well, I've always loved that quote um by Oscar Wilde and I'm going to misquote it, but it's um be yourself all the other places are taken. And it's Mm -hmm. so true, isn't it? I remember reading that and and it's just being a sort of bit of a light bulb moment because so often I think people say to children, you know, why can't you be like so-and-so? She's sporty or she's clever or she works hard and she does her homework and she remembers to brush her teeth, you know. Mm. And so you're always sort of being told to be like someone else and actually you shouldn't. You should absolutely own who you are um, and not try and be like anyone else. Anyway, it's not very convincing. You know, you are you. You've just got to do what you do. And I think certainly in in my industry and in a creative world, it's very distracting looking at what other people are doing. You've just got to do what, you know, what, what inspires you, what you love, what, what you think is important or beautiful or, um, you know, part of, of, of your brand or who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's very important to, um, to remember that. And I, I, I love that quote and I, I've got it actually embossed into a, a lovely um, leather book. Um, and it, it gives me great pleasure. Oh, I love that. And I think that that comes through so much in in your accessories and in your designs, like just the joy of individualism. There's something just so uplifting about it and fun. And I think that you can really only get to that place if you have like fully just accepted yourself for who you are, then you can kind of have a laugh about yourself as well. Well, I think it's quite disarming as well, isn't it? It's always, I think that sort of sense of self-awareness and, and humour is, is um, sometimes probably also a bit of a shield. But I, I do think though that in in that achingly world, cool, of, cool world of fashion that you you know so well, it can can make a lot of people quite unhappy by always feeling mm. they're not they're not quite right. And mm. that that's that's a real shame. I think I think fashion should be about making you feel good. And for me, humour is a really important element of that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, Anya, it's been so wonderful to talk to you today. I feel um, really uplifted and inspired and um, it's been lovely. So thank you so much for taking the time well, to come thoroughly on. thoroughly enjoyed it. So nice to chat. <laughs> thank yeah, you very lovely much. lovely to chat. And um, your book is actually a piece of advice in itself. It's called If in Doubt, Wash Your Hair. Without <laughs> giving the whole book away, could you give us like the top line <laughs> explanation of that bit of advice? Well, I think two things. The first is that um, we all know that sometimes if you've got freshly washed hair, you, you feel like you can sort of take on the world. And uh, that small bit of sort of other silly advice is, is actually, of course, about self-care and, mm. and, and confidence, but also has the word doubt in it. And I, I'm a great believer in that, as I said before, we need to reframe doubt. So, um, so yes, it was um, it's a book trying to share honestly and openly um, what it's been like to to be a mum and be a stepmom and be a woman in business and be a creative and, and all the ups and downs. Very, very honest book. Um, hopefully a kind book (laughs) it sounds fantastic I will definitely be getting the copy myself Um, (laughs) thanks again so much for joining us thank you thank you 
thanks so much for listening to this week's Grazia Life Advice podcast. And thank you, of course, to the amazing Anya Heinmarsh for sharing all of that wisdom with us. If you've enjoyed today's episode, then please do subscribe. And if you know someone who could do with a labelling machine, perhaps, in their lives, then make sure you share this podcast with them. We'll be back next week. Bye.